Hello, this is Jude from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Thursday, the 17th of June. India recorded 67,000 new coronavirus cases, taking the overall tally to 2.97 crore. The new cases are 8% higher than Wednesday's count. The death toll has increased by 2,330. The total fatality count now stands at 3.81 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. At the global level, COVID-19 has infected over 176.9 million people and killed more than 3.83 million since the pandemic broke out in December 2019, according to Johns Hopkins University. In an interview with NDTV NK Arora, the chairperson of the government's COVID working group said that the COVID-19 vaccine manufactured by Biological E is likely to be 90% effective against the infection. Arora added that the vaccine is about to go to phase 3 trials and could become available by October. He asserted that one dose of Covishield vaccine is 61% effective against the Delta variant of COVID-19, which two doses are 65% effective. The Supreme Court has approved the CBSE submission for assessment of class 12th students. The assessment criteria will consider the students' marks in class 10th and class 11th results. Class 12th pre-boards will account for 40% of the marks. The CBSE will announce results by July 31st. A lion from the Erignar Anna Zoological Park in Chennai has reportedly succumbed to COVID-19. The 12-year-old lion was put under intensive treatment after he had tested positive on June 3rd. On June 3rd, another lioness from the zoo had also died due to the infection. Meanwhile, the Maharashtra State Health Department yesterday warned that the Delta Plus variant of COVID-19 could trigger a third wave of the pandemic in the state. Officials said that the third wave could hit the state as early as the next two to four weeks if people do not follow COVID-appropriate behaviour, according to the Times of India. The centre on Tuesday had officially acknowledged the emergence of another variant of the coronavirus called AY1 or B161721. At a press briefing, B.K. Paul, chairperson of the National Expert Group on COVID-19 Vaccine Administration, had referred to this new variant as Delta+. Plus. Talking about vaccines and the worries about a third wave, in late January, in an address to the World Economic Forum, the Prime Minister had said that India is among the countries which have succeeded in saving the lives of the maximum number of its citizens. This was obviously before the second wave of COVID reached its peak. Meanwhile, in the process of patting itself on the back, the government ignored the fact that large parts of the world had faced a destructive second wave. It also did not order enough vaccines in advance. The central government also began procuring vaccines in significant numbers only after the worst of the second wave of the pandemic had become obvious. As Vivek Call wrote for News Laundry, in a way, this is what happened in the United States towards the end of the Vietnam War, a war that ended up killing many young Americans in a part of the world they were not familiar with, for a cause they did not identify with. The question here is, what does this mean in the context of central government's vaccine strategy? Read Vivek's piece titled, what the government's vaccine strategy has in common with the Vietnam War. While you're there, do read Tanishka Sodhi's report from Akole Tehsil, Maharashtra's Ahmednagar district. With no scheme to cap the price of milk, dairy farmers in the state are bearing the brunt of this loss of income by selling their cows and taking loans. The frustration culminated in a statewide protest today. Do read her report titled, COVID Crash, Why Rural Maharashtra's Dairy Farmers Are Out on the Roads. It's possible for us to bring you ground reports like these because we are funded by our subscribers and not dependent on advertisers, governments or corporations. If you're not part of News Laundry, do subscribe to keep news free and independent. 
click the red button on the top right corner of our website, newslaundry.com. Subscription is as low as 300 rupees a month. Multiple press bodies have demanded the withdrawal of cases against journalists and news website The Wire after the police in Uttar Pradesh's Ghaziabad district named them in an FIR related to the assault of an elderly Muslim man. Mohammad Zubair of Alt News and independent journalists Sabah Nakwi and Rana Ayub are named in the FIR alongside social media platform Twitter and three Congress leaders. In a statement, the Committee to Protect Journalists demanded that the cases be dropped immediately. The International Press Institute condemned the cases and affirmed that legal harassment of media organizations and journalists should immediately stop in India. International Press Institute Deputy Director Scott Griffin argued that the filing of criminal complaints has become an all-too-common method of harassing independent journalists and media in India. The Press Club of India also demanded that the cases be quashed. The Mumbai Press Club and the Indian Women's Press Corps expressed their shock and disappointment at the incident. Meanwhile, the Editors Guild of India released a statement against the FIR mentioning that it was deeply concerned by the UP police's track record of filing FIRs against journalists. Moreover, Reporters Without Borders also released a statement calling for the immediate withdrawal for the upsurge charges against the three journalists, including that of criminal conspiracy. The tweets in question were about a Muslim man who was beaten up in Ghaziabad on June 5th. The police had ruled out a communal angle and those named in the case were accused of provoking communal sentiments and posting tweets without verifying facts. Today, the Delhi police also said that they have received a complaint in the same case against actor Swara Bhaskar, Twitter India Managing Director Manish Maheshwari and The Wire Senior Editor Arfa Khanum Sherwani. The Indian Express reported that the police, however, are yet to file a first information report based on the complaint submitted by advocate Amit Acharya. He has alleged that Bhaskar, Maheshwari, Sherwani and a man named Arif Khan spread hate against the citizens by trying to give the incident a communal colour. The Uttarakhand government has directed the Haridwar district authorities to register a case against private laboratories that allegedly conducted fake COVID tests during the Kum Mela held in April. Joint Secretary of Union Health Ministry, Love Agarwal, said that the exact number of fake tests was not known but a detailed report on the matter was expected in a week. According to NDTV, reports suggested that the private laboratories conducted fake tests to meet the daily 50,000 testing quota set by the Uttarakhand High Court order. 22 private laboratories had been contracted for the testing during the festival. Haridwar District Magistrate C. Ravi Shankar had said that the payment to all these labs responsible for conducting tests had been withheld due to the investigation. Hundreds of thousands of pilgrims gathered in the city of Haridwar between April 1st and April 30th. The violation of COVID-19 protocols at the gathering had attracted attention from across the world. However, state authorities including the Uttarakhand Chief Minister had tried to downplay the risks. In its monthly bulletin for June, the Reserve Bank of India yesterday estimated that India's economy could suffer a loss of 2 lakh crore rupees in the current financial year. This is attributed to the second wave of the coronavirus pandemic. The central bank had earlier assumed that the impact of the second wave will be contained in the first quarter of the fiscal year. It noted that the domestic demand was hit the worst due to pandemic and said the economy recovery will depend on the speed and scale of vaccination in the country. The RBI also noted the impact of the second wave on bank deposits and currency holding with the public, as both the figures dipped in April. Observing that the pandemic is a real shock with real consequences, 
The RBI bulletin warned that some sectors may continue to suffer due to the change in demand patterns. A Delhi court today has ordered the immediate release of the three student activists Natasha Narwal, Devangana Kalita and Asif Iqbal Tanha. They were granted bail 36 hours ago in a case related to the North East Delhi riots of 2020 by the Delhi High Court. However, they were still in jail despite the bail order. Earlier this morning, the three activists had moved the Delhi High Court against a trial court, deferring their release on Wednesday evening. Pinjara Thod activists Natasha Narwal and Devangana Kalita and Students Islamic Organisation activist Asif Iqbal Tanha had been booked under the UAPA anti-terror law for their alleged role in the Delhi riots last year. 12 police personnel have been injured after residents of Devi Khera village protested the death of two motorcycle riders in an accident. The Indian Express reported, 43 people have been arrested and a case has been registered against 100 named and 250 unknown persons in connection with the violence that took place yesterday. Devi Khera village residents Rajesh, who was 32, and Vipin, 25, died as the motorcycle they were riding was hit by a car in the city Kotwali police station area. Following this, protests erupted and people of the village blocked the Unnao Kanpur road near Akrampur to press for action against those responsible. The villagers allegedly pelted stones at the police team which was sent to pacify them. Protests against police abuse in Sejumi neighborhood of Tunisian capital have broken out after last week's violence over the death of a man in police custody. According to Al Jazeera, the protesters gathered in Iti Damen and Iti Laka late on Wednesday, blocked roads, burned tires and threw stones at police as officers chased demonstrators and fired tear gas. Last week a video of police stripping and beating a young man shared on social media triggered widespread anger among the public. The man was arrested on suspicion of dealing drugs but the family accused the police of beating him to death. 43 organizations including the journalists syndicate, the lawyers syndicate and the human rights league had also called for a massive national protest on Friday to end what they say is police impunity. They have also filed a lawsuit against Tunisian Prime Minister Mechichi Hong Kong's National Security Police have arrested the editor-in-chief and four other directors of the Apple Daily newspaper over their role in the publication of dozens of articles alleged to be conspiring with foreign forces. Hong Kong Security Chief John Lee accused those arrested of using journalistic work as a tool to endanger national security and issued a chilling warning to residents and other media. According to the Guardian's report, Lee declined to say if the articles were news reports or opinion and refused to answer long-running concerns. over how the national security law applies to media the police operation is a significant escalation in the chinese government's moves to stifle hong kong's press the pro democracy tabloid apple daily was widely considered to be a primary target the owner of the paper jimmy lai has been in jail since last year on charges relating to the 2019 pro democracy protests and allegations of national security offenses that's all the news we have for you today stay safe wherever you're listening from see you tomorrow All the news laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.